Hello and welcome back to Take 97, a film podcast with me, your host, David Ingram. On today's episode, I should be discussing two of my favourite trilogies, and that is the Back to the Future trilogy and the Cornetto trilogy uh, by Edgar Wright. So that's Shaun the Dead, Hot Fuzz and World's End. And for those of you who like to know the titles of each of the Back to the Futures, that's Back to the Future, and then Part what, Part 2 and Part 3. And I'm very excited to talk about those today. Um, in actual fact, as of the recording of this episode this year, in 2020, the Back to the Future, the original film, it's the 35th anniversary of the original film since it came out. So happy 35th birthday to the Back to the Future uh, since the beginning of the Back to the Future saga. Uh, and I can't wait to talk to you about that just a little bit. But first of all, I'd just like to do a quick thank you to everybody who's been listening so far and giving me feedback, contributing to uh, any polls I've been doing recently. I've done a couple of polls um, and any other interactions on social media and just generally let me know how they're finding the podcast. I'm really enjoying hearing from you guys. And I'm enjoying doing this at the same time. So thank you very much. It's just a nice thing to do to talk to people and just um, have this to talk to you, the listeners at home, about my favourite films and hopefully inspire you to watch some films that you might not have seen or if you've seen them, which if you're as much of a film buff as me, you probably want to watch them again, which, you know, there's nothing bad about that. Um, But I'll just say this now, if you contribute to one of the polls, like I said a couple of weeks back, uh, we did one on your favourite film trilogy out of the two, so I pitted Back to the Future versus the Cornetto trilogy. If you didn't see it on social media, because I did post the results, um, here I will tell you the definitive result of what people who have been listening and paying attention have actually uh, thought of the trilogies and which one was their favorite um so keep tuned to that that'll be on at the end of the podcast but uh let's get started so i'm gonna start off with back to the future because i do love it so much and the other one is slightly different in the traditional trilogy format so a film trilogy usually consists i mean it always consists of three films and with this one all there's a constant running narrative throughout all three films and so you've got Back to the Future and then Back to the Future Part 2 and then Back to the Future Part 3. Uh, part 1 is 1985, Marty McFly played by Michael J. Fox and his um, associate and friend Doc Brown uh, played by Christopher Lloyd. And a time-travelling car known as a DeLorean. Uh, and you have to hit eight, 88 miles per hour to get back to travel it in time. And the first one goes back to the 1950s. Uh, it's I'm not going to tell you too much about the plot, by the way, for any of these, because I feel I feel you need to watch them as a whole to understand them. But these are just uh, me explaining to you what the film's premise is and like if you're going to enjoy it. So um, the, the Back to the Future trilogy starts off in uh, 1985. He, Marty McFly's Michael, Michael J. Fox uh, travels back in time. Uh, to the 1950s purely by accident and the whole idea of the first film was based on Bob uh, Bob Gale and Bob Zemeckis's uh, idea of oh, what would it be like to meet my parents when they were when they were teenagers when they first met back at school and that's kind of where the original premise came from and so that does happen and you have the element of time travel to get them back there and then the film just continues 
it's kind of like a coming of age tale in a sense for the fi- the characters in the 50s and we get introduced to Biff uh, who's like the school bully uh and he like all of these characters obviously we see them in the 80s and with the exception obviously Marty and uh, of Marty we don't see any of the we see them in like dual roles so we'll see them as their like present day counterparts and then we will see them as their what they were in their youth uh, we even see Christopher Lloyd's uh, Doc Brown I would say slightly younger. The only difference is his hair's a little bit less mad. It's a little bit more under control in the fifties than it was in the um in the present day version of Doc Brown. But that's one of you know you get to see even though Marty slight spoiler but not really. But Marty and Doc do get separated as Marty goes back in time. Uh, but he he does meet the nineteen fifty five version of Doc Brown, so they do become reunited again to carry on with the rest of the film and that partnership stays throughout the entire trilogy and it's a great partnership i think the back to the future films they're all based around yeah they're based around marty mcfly yeah there's all this scenario of time travel and all this other stuff and how messing with time can be quite funny and sometimes quite serious but at the same time it's very much based on the partnership between doc brown and marty mcfly and in the first film, like I said, goes back to the 50s. It's all based around um, Marty's parents and how they meet. And ultimately, some things get changed and then they get changed back to some sort of normal. But again, I won't spoil that too much for you guys. So there's stuff that goes on with Marty's parents in the 50s. And um, Michael J. Fox's character interrupts the the span of everything that's going to go on in the future. And it even maybe jeopardizes his potential existence at one point. Um, there's an icon- several iconic scenes, obviously when he travels back in time for the first time in the DeLorean, that's brilliant. When the DeLorean gets unveiled, um, even before that, that's great. And the use of Huey Lewis's The Power of Love, that is probably one of my favorite songs, like single solo songs from a movie soundtrack, particularly the 80s, that I just love. I I couldn't tell you any more about how much I love it because uh, it, it just sets you it sets the tone for the film right from the get go and it, it just kind of it does say what it says about the film really because the film is about the power of love ultimately the power of love between Marty's parents and then also Marty and his love for his parents and other people around him um, but the the film itself is is generally quite sweet, quite you know, coming of age. There's a there's one questionable bit which is the prime reason why Disney wouldn't ever take it because this film did the rounds before it got um, commissioned, like put into production and funded. It was purely because of uh, the and a slight spoiler alert. So turn yourself off if you don't want to listen to this bit. But the scene in which Marty and his mum Lorraine back in the fifties. Um, his mum actually develops a crush and feelings on Marty. So a mum fancies her son. It's very weird. <laughs> it's very weird. And you c- you can understand why Disney didn't want it. You know, the the company with the mouse, the mouse company. But they don't really, you know, I didn't, none, no one from everything I read and things I've seen it took them a while to get it made and then on top of that there was the whole issue of Michael J Fox shooting an American TV series called Family Ties um they didn't really 
at first the casting went a little bit askew like they wanted Michael J Fox but then they had to settle for Eric Stoltz um they've actually filmed they filmed some stuff of Eric Stoltz but Eric Stoltz wasn't really hitting all the notes that um Michael J Fox was and eventually Michael J Fox was brought back and there was an agreement made and thankfully to this day like no offense to Eric Stoltz but I can't see Eric Stoltz being Marty McFly it's just I can't imagine it I really all the film the film is so imbibed with Michael J Fox's essence if you took him out of it it wouldn't be the same um but that that's just my general take on the first one second one they go so once he gets back to the future after various hijinks he goes back to uh, uh by the end of the first film doc comes racing up to marty and they have to sort something in the future with his children uh lots of funny escapades there michael j fox gets to play um not only an older version of himself but also his daughter his son uh in the film as well it's just really funny um and on top of that we get to see multiple versions of the biff bully character um both in the 50s and the future and the present day various versions it's very interesting um there's also in the first film i meant to say there's a reference to star wars which is very interesting if you love star wars and you like a big you like a little bit of a spoof watch that the first one it's brilliant um but yeah so hijinks in the future for part two uh, and there's a dystopian future, which if anyone know, even if you don't know it, you probably know it's the scene that is compared a lot, like the most with, with like um Donald Trump because, the way the character of Biff is made up and the tower that he owns, so there's Biff Tower, and the blonde hair that Biff has in the style he has it, it looks all very Trump like. So the interesting bit of political satire from like the past influenced in the future right now it's very uh, very funny but also it's it shows you what can be changed with the slightest um the slightest change to the timeline of events and i love the second part because you know it's not really a spoiler but i love how and i love films which revisit other films some people find them a little bit crass and a little bit um tacky but i really like how you see the first film there's several scenes from the first film in the second one where they go back to the 50s again but you see the characters as they are now um in new scenes interacting within the 1950s settings and you know within a separate narrative i just find that so fascinating i, I don't know what about you guys what do you think what's your highlight from the back to the future trilogy if you've seen it um let me know give me a tweet uh and we can discuss that but i genuinely i love when you get a film that crosses over with itself i find that really interesting um some people don't like it because they think oh it's just lazy writing but i like it i like the like the tone of it all i think it's brilliant and then the third film goes into it goes to the opposite extreme so we've had so far we had 1985 1955 uh 2015 and then it goes back in time to 1885 to the old west and because doc ends up in the old west for reasons i'm not going to reveal now because you should watch the trilogy but he ends up in the the old west of 1885 and the, the film it's a very odd way to end a trilogy because it's completely different to the rest of them because whilst it starts off in the 50s ends in the in the 80s and you get back to the future as it were the film is it's very different from the rest of them and whilst I, I think I've said before I sometimes do have this little 
this little idea that I seem to find the third film in a few trilogies like the one that I like the most. So if you go by the um, the original Star original Star Wars trilogy, um, I, I yeah I would I would disagree uh, that Re- Return of the Jedi is my favorite because um, Empire Strikes Back is probably my favorite um, of the originals anyway. But the you know nine times out of ten like the third. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean, obviously that's not a trilogy anymore, but the third Pirates of the Caribbean is my favourite one. Um, I enjoyed Toy Story 3, it was heartbreaking. Um, the third Back to the Future, it's not my favourite. Um, I would argue that 2 is my favourite um, after the original, but the third one really does break the mould and it takes things back to basics because we, cause we're in the Old West and we've got steam trains, we've got a nice, like really expansive, uh, wide view of everything, so you strip back the city and the town of Hill, fictional town of Hill Valley. The clock tower's only just been built. It's a typical Western town. It's bit down back to basics, and I and I think the fact that they filmed the third part back to back with the second part kind of makes them a really good double feature to watch because at the end of the second one, there is a little bit of a preview of the third one to see oh this is what's coming next a little bit like when they do like next time on a tv show and i just find the fact they recorded them to get they they filmed them continuously back to back uh, and at the same time it really does sort of give part two and part three much more of a close affinity whereas part one although part two interferes with events in the first one um part part like part one is very much the standalone film. You can get away with watching that and not watching the other two. Whereas the other two, I feel once you've watched the first one and you get into two, you really need to look at three. And that's what makes a good film trilogy is the fact that you want more. It continues on for more and more as you go through the story. So like the end of the first one, you get them saying, oh, we've got to go to the future. And it's that classic line of um, where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> and they fly off and the spark off and the credits come on screen. I do feel, you know, that's your hook for part one. Part two is, I'm not going to say it because it'll spoil it, but the I want you guys to experience it the first time, but it's what leads into uh, the next one, the third one. And then obviously the third one, the way the third ends, you could do another one, but in my opinion, you shouldn't. I mean, there was talk of a fourth Back to the Future, Whilst that would have been exciting maybe 10 years ago, maybe, right now I don't... I, I'm not really convinced. I'm I'm happy with the trilogy as it is. Just leave it as it is. Um, Rob Zemeckis, do not let them do it. <laughs> Even if you're doing it, don't do it. Um, but it's a brilliant film, and I would say I highly encourage you to watch it. If you like 50s nostalgia, it's good for that. And you know, and the music and just the aesthetic of it. So the cars and the look of the clothes and everything like that. If you like that nostalgia, the first one and also parts of the second one are really good. And if you just like sci-fi comedies, then the whole thing will do you really well. Um, But in stark contrast, in stark contrast to the Back to the Future trilogy, a classic 80s, um, well, 1985, uh, 89 and 1990, uh, trilogy, the next one is very different because they have a continuity of character and a continuity of place and story 
the next trilogy, so the second one which I want to sort of contrast, but I also think makes a good example of a trilogy, is the Cornetto trilogy, um, directed by Edgar Wright, which I've mentioned in my Feel Good um, podcast episode. And it really is Feel Good, because it's a comedy of errors. <laughs> so many errors. Um, and it consists of, like I said, Sean the Dead, uh, Hot Fuzz, and World's End. All of them take different subjects, but e- are equally just as funny as the last one. Um, obviously, everyone has their favourites. I think I love Hot Fuzz. Shaun the Dead is the original. I mean, controversially, I actually don't mind World's End. I quite like it. But for me, Hot Fuzz is like the best film out of the trilogy. And some people, you're probably thinking, how is this, like, compared to Back to the Future and, you know... It's not really a trilogy. They're all three completely separate stories, and I would ho- ho- wholly agree with you on that one. But I would, you know, you look at before Kingdom of Crystal Skull came and ruined the Indiana Jones party, the Indiana Jones films, they didn't really have a sense of continuity. The only continuity was the character of Indy, Indiana Jones, played by Harrison Ford. And that's the only thing, you know, he was the adventurer that led each of the films. And it was just a. It was it was like several moments in his life. That's what the trilogy does. And because it's under the umbrella title, Indiana Jones and the insert title here. Um, whereas Back to the Future, it's very much a saga, I would say. A little bit like what Star Wars does. It's a saga. Whilst they have individual... They have some sort of continuity between them all. Um, but Indiana Jones can do that with the individual stories. Similar thing with Jurassic Park, really. Because the story follows on and it's like the next chapter... Which is what Back to the Future does, but Back to the Future, because it's time travel, it it goes back into itself, so it's self-referential, so it likes to refer to itself a lot. But in terms of the Cornetto trilogy, the reason why it's even called that is because there's, and you you blink and it miss it half the time, there is a Cornetto of each flavour within the film. So, for instance, in the first one, there's a strawberry one, because the colour is red, like blood. Second one is the original, I believe, um, so the blue one, uh, because it's blue, blue for the police, hot fuzz. And the third one is a mint one, so it's green, because um, green for aliens, I think, I believe, that's what the main colour theme's meant to be. Um, but yeah, they're all individual stories, so Shaun the Dead is a zombie movie, um, survival of a zombie apocalypse, um, and it's got Simon Pegg and Nick Frost as their main characters in each and every one of these films. And it does support lots and lots of British talent. So you've got Bill Nye in a, in a couple of them. He's in the first two. He's in a more prominent role in Shaun the Dead. And then he's in a slightly smaller cameo role in Hot Fuzz. Um, I don't believe he's in in the third one. I I, I must admit, I, that's something that skipped my mind. But if I'm wrong, let me know, guys. Um, but the thing with... The Cornetto trilogies, whilst they are separate stories, they're all directed by the same um, person, so Edgar Wright. They have the same two actors as the lead characters, and that kind of in itself creates a continuity of itself. So whilst you don't have the, it's the same characters experiencing different stories, you know, like Indiana Jones, or it's one continuous story like Back to the Future, or possibly even you could argue Star Wars, the entire saga... I would say that the Cornetto trilogy does stand out as as great variety then. It's as if, you know, you could easily picture in this Edgar Wright universe that all these people 
they are secretly related or they live in the same place and that they like the same world then and that they would easily you could easily imagine a massive crossover it would be very strange and i don't think anyone needs it but i think you could easily imagine all of them being together so for instance sean the dead it's got a character called sean uh who's the main character played by simon pegg and his like effort to beat a zombie apocalypse and it's got so many like quotable one-liners in it but i think hot fuzz wins in that respect because for me i i i'm a big fan of hot fuzz and I know a couple of my friends are quite big fans of it too. And there's so I've said before, you know, there's the the woman, the sharple. No, look, catching them killers. Then, actually, it's just the one killer. Actually, and then you know the jokes about Leslie Tiller was murdered. I won't say the X-rated version just to be PC here. Um, but you know, and the constant arguments between um, Simon Pegg's Nicholas Angel and Nick Frost's uh, character as well. That you know the, the dynamic really, I've I've said this before. I feel I feel the trilogy is always based on a good partnership, and you have Doc and Marty in the Back to the Future trilogy. Uh, Jurassic Park it's a bit different. I feel the partnership is more between the use of dinosaurs and the you know the people against the dinosaurs, if you go by that trilogy. But the other so Cornetto trilogy it's purely based around Simon Pegg and Nick Frost's interactions. And, um, I, I, you know, I don't think it would be the same without them, without Simon Pegg and Nick Frost uh, being the main roles. You, you could try it with another duo, I'm sure you could, but it wouldn't be the same. And that's what really links all three of those films, despite the fact that, you know, one's a zombie apocalypse, one's about, like, cults with hot fuzz, so a small little village stereotypes of a little village life and how it can be more than it seems underneath the surface and then obviously world's end is about the great the the biggest um (laughs) the biggest lash uh lash out of beer and booze that you've ever seen the biggest night out ever um with a load of has-beens who are all in their 40s now and they think they can still act like teenagers and really at the same time they're trying to defeat an alien invasion um, which leads to some very disastrous and very hilarious consequences. I, 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 there's so many, you know, and also that throughout there's several gags that get repeated within the trilogy. So there's a, a joke with um, characters jumping over a fence, which it happens in Hot Fuzz. It happens in um, World's End with both Nick Frost and Simon Pegg at individual points. I'm sure it happens in Shaun of the Dead as well. Um, but it's very interesting to (laughs) to see how they repeat things it's the same and in that respect back to the future the fact that they repeat stuff and there's a certain repetition to the story whilst always moving forward that kind of connects it as well to the cornetto trilogy and even though they're made a good 25 years apart um over 20 years apart it shows that what is good about a decent or at least a good quality trilogy is that there is some sort of continuity be that in a partnership between the two lead protagonists or whether that's just because of like certain in jokes gags or you know actions that are that take place between uh specific characters being you know your heroes and your villains do they have the same similar standoff at the end um and various other elements that you can pull in the trilogy um for instance i I would like to just uh, like point out as well the other trilogy that's on my mind a little bit 
is the Bridget Jones. I mean, they might make more after I say this now. I'm going to say this and they'll say, oh, there's a Bridget Jones 4. Um, Bridget Jones, it's not the one you think of when you think of the big, massive trilogy. Um, but it is a trilogy nonetheless uh, for a rom-com standards. And I'm kind of disappointed that, you know, in the first two, they both there was a fight between Colin Firth's Mark Darcy and Hugh Grant's Daniel Cleaver, where they had they have to have a fight over Bridget and they didn't do it in the third one because spoiler alert for this um Hugh Grant's not in it because he's not well he said they say he's dead but then he's not but you know there was no fight between Colin Firth and Hugh Grant and I kind of missed that and it's because you get that sense of repetition and familiarity between each of the films that you say oh yeah this is definitely a Bridget Jones film because Hugh Grant and and Colin Firth are having a fight, or this is definitely a Back to the Future film because Marty and Doc are together, you know, or, you know, it's like you can't have one thing without the other. And it's also, you know, it's definitely directed by Edgar Wright. It's definitely part of a specific trilogy of films because, look, that's the same gag from this film. It's that sense of continuity that you really enjoy and sense of comfort, and I feel that's what the idea behind trilogies are. A film trilogy, or at least any franchise, when you create a atmosphere and an environment that's safe and secure I suppose with their home comforts that's where you get a very a particularly interesting set of directions I suppose you can move in um whereas other films you know they change things deliberately so for instance I know like in the alien saga because there's way more than three of those but aliens they go into massive like they don't do the same fil- film over and over again and to say that they do the same film over and over again for like the Cornetto trilogy or the Back to the Future films it's not very fair because they don't but at the same time they are taking cherry picking the best bits from the last film and making them into staples of the trilogy and it makes you feel at home and makes you feel very safe and secure within what you're watching so you definitely know what you're watching you're not going to be suddenly surprised and think oh this is rubbish I'm going to turn this off this doesn't seem like something that the first one was <clears throat> and I think that's what people do in trilogies because they want to make sure that if they had a good audience in the first one or the previous one they want to keep that audience and give them what they love and that's kind of where sometimes things can get a bit messy and especially when they add a fourth one to the to the franchise after an initially good trilogy then it kind of messes it up if you mess with the formula of such or if you go too formulaic and it's very, very much just repeating the film over and over again. Um, But I shall leave that at that for now. Um, Like I said earlier, we did do a poll on Back to the Future versus the Cornetto trilogy and I do have the results for you here. The results of that um, poll, (laughs) it's very interesting because they went up and down so much uh, but I can, I'm very happy to tell you that the uh, trilogy that won the poll um, was no one, um, <laughs> because it was a 50-50 split um, between the Back to the Future trilogy and the Cornetto trilogy. It, it was, I, I felt when I read the results, I thought, oh, it's a little bit anticlimactic. I mean, it, it was, like I said, it went up and down so much. At one moment, I think the Cornetto trilogy was going to win. Then it was going to be Back to the Future. 
honestly, I I don't know what to say, really. <laughs> I mean, the others were a little bit more... The other polls I've done recently on a few other episodes, so uh, they were more one way than the other, I suppose. So when I did Empire Strikes Back versus Aliens, uh, Empire won, uh, 67 to 33, I think it was. And then on top of that, uh, yeah, The Wizard of Oz was a massive landslide. <laughs> a massive landslide uh, with a massive 77% uh, to a small 22 or something like that um, in the 1939 off, as I'll, I'll call it now. Uh, so I'll, I'll leave you with that to ponder on. Um, but for now, uh, next episode, tune into the next episode. I'm very excited about this. I... Not, I'm not going to say who I got in as the special guest, um, but honestly, recording this episode, I've already I recorded it a little bit earlier, um, ahead of time than usual. But this one was such a joy to record, and the person that I recorded the episode with, we were just having an absolute laugh, uh, talking about our favourite movie moments, a massive nerd off really, um, nerdy moment that most film people will relate to. You get more than one film buff or film related person in a room um or over a computer <laughs> and talking about film that's all you do for I could do it for hours and hours but obviously we limited ourselves just a little bit um for the time of the podcast so I'm excited to share that with you next time on the podcast uh talking all about our favorite movie moments in the meantime if you have any uh m- movie favorites so favorite movie moments uh, so that can be individual scenes sequences um let me know uh, because obviously this was recorded a little bit ahead of time, uh, I won't be able to feature them in the podcast, but if you just tweet me on the official Tech 97 podcast, uh, Twitter account, or, um, just generally keep an eye on Instagram, but get in touch on Twitter and tell, tell us what the, uh, what your key sequence or film moment is that really, um, resonates with you. And I look forward to hearing about those and sharing the episode next week. I'll be announcing the guest very shortly, um, probably as soon as this episode goes out. So um, that's a wrap on this episode of Tank 97, the trilogy edition. And I shall see you next time, or hear from you next time. See you later, guys.